Hi, this is Jason. Before we hop into this week's episode of the Speak With People podcast, I want to make sure you knew about two exciting opportunities. The first is, have you heard about our Healthy Communication Skills training program for your company or organization? This is an opportunity for you to invest and build in the communication culture of your organization. When you do, we know and we have seen that staff morale, staff unity, go through the roof and you'll be able to deepen your customer and client relationships by building a healthy and strong communication culture. The second is this. We're in this series called How to Tell a Really Good Story. We have a free gift for you. If you just go to speakwithpeople.com slash really good story, there's a free download that will help you walk through how you can tell a really good story. Now, get ready for this week's episode of the Speak With People podcast. Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I'm so excited you are joining me today as we are in the middle of our series, How to Tell a Really Good Story. I would love to know what you think of this series so far. If it's been helpful, if there's anything you've learned, if there's anything you want to learn, just email me, jason at speakwithpeople.com and let me know. Because I know that when you take hold of and learn how to use story in your everyday life, your life will exponentially change because stories are so incredibly powerful. I quote Donald Miller all the time when we talk about this. Donald Miller wrote an incredible book called Story Brand. You have to pick it up. If I were getting some affiliate uh, marketing income for this, I would push it even harder, but I'm not, but maybe I will. I'll try. Who knows? We'll see. But in his great book, Story Brand, he says this, the human brain longs for story. We love story. I mean, go way back in time when you're looking at the caveman walls. I mean, they wrote out stories on the walls. And then if you're a parent, you know how incredible it was when your kids were little and you began to tell them stories and you could, you could read them stories and then they would ask for more stories. Four of the absolute best words of all time are once upon a time. Once upon a time, you know a story is coming. These are timeless words that transport us to different worlds. They evoke emotions. They inspire change. And stories really have been the backbone, like we just talked about, of human connection, human communication since the absolute beginning. Stories are that profound and powerful. And so the reality is the stories are responsible for shaping cultures, they keep our traditions alive. I mean, one of my best memories, I was just talking with a group of 10th grade boys that I lead a small group last night. We were talking about our grandparents. And I said, I would love to be able to sit on my grandpa's porch uh, just one more time and hear some of his stories. I mean, that was 20 some years ago was the last time I heard one of his stories. Stories have this profound way of connecting us together. And if you or I were sitting down for coffee and I asked you about a time when you learned a valuable lesson, guess what? I'm 99.9% .9 sure you would tell me a story, wouldn't you? I mean, that's, that's just it. So much of our life is connected to stories. That's how our generational values and history were passed on. That's how we communicate things. We tell stories. We consume stories. We remember stories. We retell stories. I was on a Zoom call yesterday with a guy that I met probably a dozen years ago who brought his youth group to a retreat that I was speaking on. And he said he just ran into one of the young men who were on that retreat 12 years ago, and they joked about a story about a goat that I used to tell. I have not told this story for a very, very long time. 
it's a very funny story. I probably should tell it again. But that story had lasted with them a dozen years. They can go right back to it. Story has been powerful to me uh, as, as long as I can absolutely remember. I remember going to a concert once as a kid. And at the end, the lead singer started telling a story about how his life was changed. And I was just captivated by the story. I came home, no joke. And I built a stage in my basement and I would practice uh, talking, speaking, doing speeches, messages, and then I would tell stories from the stage. I actually convinced my neighborhood friends to come over and my mom would make her famous chocolate chip cookies and they would sit and listen as I told the stories. We, my parents actually still have a cassette tape. Those of you who are under 35 listening to this, cassette tape is actually a piece of plastic with tape inside of it where you could actually play music on it. I know, crazy. But I have a cassette tape from way back in 1986 where I'm telling my neighborhood friends stories. I fell in love with being on stage and telling stories. I love sitting around campfires and telling stories. I fell in love with telling stories to my coworkers to inspire them or lift them up or to get them to laughing. Actually, for me, one of my absolute favorite moments when I've worked on teams are those moments after a big giant event or we're leading up to a giant project and we kind of have a moment of just hanging out, sitting down, grabbing our breath before the next thing, and we just sit and tell stories. I fell in love with telling stories to inspire and encourage. So here's the question. What do you need stories for in your life? What do stories do for you? Do you tell stories right now? Well, in this podcast episode, I really want to tell you, for me, uh, what I've learned about telling stories so people will listen. Because a lot of us tell stories. A lot of us tell stories. Some of us tell stories and we do some of the, um, <laughs> the, the most backwards things when it comes to storytelling. And, and it's no offense because we just, we haven't been taught some of the power of how to tell a really good story. And so we start a story by saying things like, I have a really good story to tell you. Now, is that wrong? No, it's not wrong to start that way, but there's a better way because if you're going to give like, part of it away, don't like wait till you get to a good part of the story to tell them. Or people do this all the time. I have a funny story. You're going to love this. No, don't start a story that way. Or some people start by uh, sharing some of the detail of the most mundane part of the story. It was a clear blue morning and there was dew on the ground. Okay. M maybe that's important, but do we really need that? The reality is we all still love stories. We live in a world that loves stories. I mean, that's why Netflix and Apple TV and Disney Plus and Hulu, I mean, Paramount, Peacock, all of the channels exist because we love to sit and, and binge watch some of these shows. That's why we love it. And that's why like more and more and more, I mean, if, if you ever watch how much time you spend on your phone, like every Sunday morning, my alert goes off and it says, you've spent this amount of time. And every Sunday morning, I'm like, oh my goodness, did I really spend that on a time? And part of it is we're spending more and more time that way because we're watching TikTok videos. We're watching Instagram reels. They're just tiny little stories that are capturing our attention. So here's the question. Are you a storyteller? Do you consider yourself a storyteller? Because here's the reality. I, I would gather we're all storytellers. We're all telling stories to our family. We're all telling stories to our friends. We're all retelling stories. We're using story and the power of our, our work skills. 
And so it's really important for each of us to be able to learn how to tell a really good story because when we do, we will inspire people, we'll encourage them, we'll challenge them. So I'm going to walk through for me some of the elements that I use to tell a really great story. Some of the elements I use to tell a really great story. And before I do that, I'm going to tell you one of my stories and then you can see which elements I use during that. So years ago, I met this young woman and I immediately fell in love with her. I mean, I knew, I knew, I, actually the first night we hung out, I came home that night and I told my dad, dad, I just met the woman I'm going to marry. Like I, I just knew it. Now it took time to get to that place. But when I knew that I was going to propose, I wanted to ask her dad first. So we went out to a, a family party and I looked for the right moment to tell her or to ask him if I could marry his daughter. So during a lull in the party, he was sitting over on the couch in the living room. I walked over to him and I said, sir, can I talk with you? And he goes, let's go for a walk. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to get away from people. Here's why. My father-in-law to be already kind of scared me. I grew up in the city of Detroit. We didn't hunt. We didn't fish. Uh, my father-in-law, he purposely bought a farm out in the middle of nowhere so he could be away from people and so he could hunt and fish on his own property. Like we were already so different. I was already so scared of him. He wore more flannel than anybody I'd ever seen in my life. And so I didn't want to go out for a walk, but we went out for a walk and he took me all the way back to the very edge of his property. And I noticed over to the corner of my eye that there was a neatly dug uh, rectangular hole. And I'm like, oh, wow, that looks like it could fit a coffin. But I just kind of kept going because the nerves were running. The sweat was rolling off my hands. My mouth was so dry. Finally, I looked at him and I say, sir, you know, I, I love your daughter. I'd be honored if you give me the blessing to be able to marry her. And I finally got out of my mouth and he looked at me and he's like, well, I guess, you know, I, I guess you'll do. Or he said something like that, you know. <laughs> so I was so excited, but I was sweating like crazy now. So we walked back to the house and, and I asked my mother-in-law to be, of course, she doesn't know any of this yet. I asked her. Uh, may I use a shower? And so I go upstairs. They bought this old hundred-year-old farm. They were renovating the whole thing. You know, the the it, it's just this, this old house. So I use the facilities first, and then I'm going to take a shower. Well, something happened for the first time in my life uh, when I finished using the facilities that had never happened before in the history of my life. It had just never happened. They did not prepare that for me for the five years of high school that I went through. And when I completed it and I stood up from the facility, the whole thing started to shake like demon possessed toilet. That's what it was. Demon possession. And before I could do anything about it, I turned around as I watched this whole toilet shake. And you know that box on the back of the toilet? It cracked absolutely in half. Like I have no idea how it happened. It just cracked in half. And then water started going everywhere. Can you imagine already being so nervous about being a part of this new family, then being nervous about asking your girlfriend's father if you can marry them, and then being so sweaty and disgusting that you have to take a shower, and then breaking this man and this woman's toilet who you want to come and be a part of it. It was a mess. I didn't know how to stop the water. I got a Dixie cup and I'm trying to stop the water. I got a wash rag. I grabbed the family cat and I'm trying to like squee squeezy up the cat. It was just a mess. At this point, I run downstairs. My, my father-in-law to be sitting on the couch. He's probably got a, like a long knife and a bow staff or something. There's a couple of deer heads above him. And I said, sir, there's a, there's a problem. There's a problem in the, in the bathroom. And he's like, the plunger's in the toilet. And I'm like, uh, 
It's a bigger problem. At that point, water started to seep through the ceiling because they were redoing the ceilings. I mean, it was a mess. Water was hitting the ceiling fan and just sprinkling. At that point, we go running upstairs and the cat had made a kayak and was kayaking down the stairs to escape the rush of water. We walk into the bathroom and he's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I don't know what I did. I just got up. That's all I did. And he did something then that just shocked me and surprised me. He reached under the toilet and he shut off the water. That's all he did. And then it was the process of cleaning up all the water all over the place. And then for the next 26 years of our marriage, every time I walk into a bathroom at his house, there's like an announcement. There's bells that go off. He's using the bathroom. Everybody be careful. Watch out. They don't do that. I'm just kidding. But that's one of my favorite stories. It's true. It happened to me. I've told that story in front of hundreds of audiences, and I told it very fast for you because we're on a podcast. But in that, that audience reach, they're laughing with me. They're imagining the cat going down the stairs. And so think about that story as I run through these elements of a, of a really great story and see if you can pick out ones. And then at the end, we're going to figure out what part of the story I could have cut out. What story wasn't necessary? What story really made it a story? Okay, so a couple elements of a really great story. One, you start by capturing their attention with a really good hook. You start by capturing their attention. For me, I talk about I fell in love with this woman and I wanted to marry her. Well, okay, for people in that phase of life or people who have been married, you start to lean in. Like starting strong is absolutely non-negotiable in storytelling. You don't, like I already talked about, you don't start with the phrase, I got a great story to tell you, get ready. Don't squander the beginning of a story. Use something that grabs your audience's attention, a question, a bold statement, an intriguing image. Use an image on the screen or a TV. Focus on their needs and curiosity. You've got to be able to do that. In one of my keynote speeches, I tell a story about how my friend's mom accidentally vacuumed up their pet bird. Yes, it's hilarious. And I don't start by saying, I have a story about my friend's mom who vacuumed up a bird. I don't start that way. I start, that would be the worst hook in the world. I start by saying, we were playing video games upstairs and all of a sudden we heard the loudest scream we've ever heard. We ran downstairs and my best friend's mom is on her knees tearing apart their vacuum cleaner. That's a hook. That's element number one. Element number two, paint a vivid picture of what you want your audience to experience. Paint a vivid picture of what you want your audience to experience. You don't have to paint a giant mural, but think through the important parts of the story and begin painting that picture. For me in the toilet story, the one that I just told you, I told you a little bit too much in the very beginning. It was a long buildup, but I wanted to get to the place where you were, you were seeing yourself on this old hundred year old farm and my father-in-law sitting on his couch. And when I'm telling the bird story, I'll talk about how when we were upstairs, his room was so cool and he had all these posters of Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. And I just offer some sensory rich descriptions to allow them to feel, hear, see, and even smell what's happening. Provide context. So the second element, paint a vivid picture. The third element, you gotta stir their hearts. Stir their hearts by evoking their emotion. Like <laughs> you want to tap into their heart. Like this is the, this is the time. Great stories don't just inform. They make us feel. Uh, when you tell a story, think about your favorite song and how, how it takes you on a journey from beginning to end. This is what a great story does. It takes you on a journey.
Like, and, and Donald Miller writes in Story Brand about how a great story will actually um, help your brain just relax for a while. Because it takes, it takes energy, it takes calories for your brain to think. And so if you're telling a story that people can't understand, it's going to take more calories and more, and more brain power for them. So just take them on a journey. The best storytellers infuse their stories with powerful emotions. So make them laugh, make them cry, make them feel deeply connected. Tell them what you were experiencing. So the third element, stir their hearts. The fourth element, I think probably the most important, be absolutely clear. Be absolutely clear. Clarity is key. And actually, I say it this way. Clarity is king. Uh, embrace clarity like it's an oxygen tank when you're scuba diving, right? You would not go scuba diving without an oxygen tank. I'm not a scuba guy. I know if, all, if I did all of this and, and it wasn't for the scuba, it was worthless. But you got to, you got to use clarity. When details are essential, cut out anything doesn't cut out anything that doesn't serve the core of your story. Now, when I tell that toilet story, I'm typically talking about love and how my father-in-law showed me such incredible love. He didn't treat me with disdain. He didn't talk down at me. He didn't treat me as a pariah. He, he did not. He treated me with love. And then I go on to tell how about my father, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law have literally fostered so many dozens of kids that nobody else would ever foster. And then they adopted babies with special needs. And I, I talk about this incredible story of this man who I was once afraid of, who has become a hero because of how amazing he is. So be clear in your story. Use parts of the story that bring out clarity. Tell yourself this, focus is your friend. Years ago, 20 years ago, I would tell stories that just went on forever and ever and ever and ever because people get engaged. I would get laughs and then it would just kind of keep me going. Don't, don't do that. The, the longer the story, the greater chance you lose the audience because it's got to be a great payday at the end of the story. It's got to be a great payday at the end of the story. If it's long, they're going to be expecting for, you know, why am I listening for this whole thing? So fourth element, be clear, be clear, be clear. Fifth element, connect with empathy by being real, by being real. Be a guide as a storyteller and take your audience on the journey. Again, again, I should get some affiliate money because I keep talking about story brand, but it's just brilliant. Donald Miller talks about how great stories, as I'm telling the story, I'm not the hero of the story. I'm doing everything I can to be the guide and my audience is the hero. So create empathy for your characters or your situations as you describe them. Empathy is a bridge that connects you and your audience together, and it allows them to relate to your story and see it in themselves. Great stories are authentic. Resist the urge to be the hero of the story. Share your vulnerability. Share your challenges. Share your triumphs. And when you're genuine, the audience will relate to your experiences, and they will connect with your message in such a way that, get this, they will lean in to keep listening to you when you're talking after the story. Fifth element, connect with being real. The sixth element, make it engaging by giving them aha moments. Everybody loves a good aha moment. They love it. That's why the TV show Lost was so great back in the day because they took us on a journey and then they gave us this big aha moment. Drama just isn't for theater. It's a storytelling tool. 
Exaggerate events. Build anticipation. Convey your expectations in a dramatic way. Like in the story with the toilet story, and I talk about telling my father-in-law, and we go to walk upstairs, and I talk about how the cat had fashioned a kayak and was literally kayaking down the stairs. If I were live telling that, I would illustrate it by going, you know, like a little cat on a kayak. That image alone, people just, it like it starts to laugh all throughout the audience. Use a moment like that. Create an aha moment. Uh, when I talk about my best friend's mom vacuuming up her bird, I don't lead with that. I paint a picture of what was happening in the room. Uh, at the very end, I talk about how the bird was still alive and she took it out of the vacuum. and She took it over to the kitchen sink and she turned on the water and he was wet and he was cold. And then I, he took, she took him in the bathroom and he got on a hairdryer and was, you know, drying him. And then his bird fro went out. And then at that, I said, the bird is still wet. So he took him to a microwave and they put him in and the whole crowd goes, oh course that didn't happen. And I say that was an exaggerated event, but exaggerating. And the seventh and final element, give them a great call to action. Don't just tell a story to tell a story. Yeah, but give them a call to action. What's something that you learned? A great story just isn't entertainment. It's a catalyst for action. Use stories to drill home a point you're trying to make. If, you, if you're giving speeches or keynotes or in a presentation, use that story to, to lift up to be a bridge of the point that you're trying to make and conclude your narrative by giving your audience clear and actionable steps. Challenge them. Uh, Robert McKee, incredible words. He said, storytelling is the most powerful way to put ideas out there in the world today. So by mastering the art of storytelling, embracing these different elements, you can actually harness the incredible power of story and you can use it to inspire, to connect, to create positive change, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. So which element do you need to use more of in your stories? What can you do to begin telling really good stories today? And whether you're in your workplace, whether you're doing a sales presentation, whether you're at a family gathering, whether you're putting together a video, you know, uh, celebrating someone, use the power of story. You can tell really good stories so people will listen to you. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Email me, jason at speakwithpeople.com and let me know, are there elements that I'm missing when it comes to story? Uh, is, there, is there elements that are helpful to you? And I can't thank you for being a part. Before I let you go, this podcast series is so rich and so full. If you've missed any of them, make sure that you go back and watch them. You can go to Speak With People on our YouTube page, you can look at you, uh, speak with people on any different podcast platform and make sure you download the free resource for you because it's a guide that will help you walk through how you can tell a really good story. Just go to speakwithpeople.com slash really good story. You can download it today and begin telling really good stories. Thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. If you're not a part of the Facebook community group, head to Facebook. Uh, search for Speak With People and come join us as we talk about uh, elevating the importance of practice of healthy communication in our lives. Thank you for every like, every comment, every review. Looking forward to seeing you next week because we really believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. And when you communicate with people, when you communicate, when you speak with people and not at them, you really will change your word world with your words.